Uh, I'm weary. So just FYI, but that's all right. Um, also, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I had some thoughts about what to share. And then this morning, the Lord was like, I, I'm going to give you something different to share. And I was like, are you serious? Like maybe like yesterday or the day before or sometimes so I'm like scribbling notes down this morning because I don't know. All right. So, hey, it'll be what it'll be. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to share a little bit about camp. You've heard a little bit, but um, I just want to contextualize some things because I think there's value in it. So we're going to do this. And let me, I'm going to start by talking about last year, which may seem funny, but can, let me kind of set the stage for where some things are going. So last year was year number 10. We'd done Camp Morley for 10 years. We had this, you know, big celebration plan that didn't end up working out. But, you know, for us, at least as a group who had been there and for the people who had been there every year, it was a big milestone. And we felt like we had really accomplished a lot. And so we were so proud. We were so excited. And we were at this place that was super comfortable, like just camp in general. We had a location that we had finally found, right? Our first couple of years, we were in a spot that was, it was okay. And then, you know, we bounced around a couple of years, but then we finally found this landing spot for this f- facility that was super nice. It was glamping, some people called it. You know, it was like granite countertops in the bathroom and like tile. It was, you know, so it was really nice. And we had also connected with Ken Helser. For those of you who don't know, he works with this ministry called 18 Inch Journey out in the Ashboro area, close by there in High Point. And really, and he, he's done youth camp forever. Like, you know, how many people we have here who has, when they were campers, you know, Stacy, Angel, Mary, right? A bunch, of, a bunch of people. He was their camp pastor growing up. And so he came back to do camp pastoring again. And I think as a father, as a grandfather figure, it really spoke into our identity of who we were as a family when we were at camp. And it was such a comfortable place to be. And he was there for six years. And through him, we had created this relationship with the 18 inch journey. And so for the past couple of years, we had these people coming back who, you know, went to that program that he run or, you know, Jonathan and um, Melissa run. And they were pouring into our kids. And we had this great vision for what the future looked like. We had this awesome facility and we had this new relationship that is just going to, it's going to blossom and it's going to flourish and hallelujah. So shortly after, I mean, not even after camp, I was really the end of camp last year and Ken informed us that he was done. You shouldn't really have been surprised. You know, I don't know. I think he's 70 ish. And he had talked for years about, I just can't do this anymore. I'm done. And then he'd write and be like, oh, I, I can do it. I can do it. I want to come to camp again. You know, I can do it one more year. I just love your kids so much, which is a testimony to what the Lord's doing in our kids. I love your kids so much. I want to come back. I can do it. And so he did that for two or three years in a row. And then last year, he's like, no, I, I'm just, this was it. And then we're like, well, we have this vision for these folks from the 18th journey to join us going forward. And then that they had other things. They had visions of their own. And so it just, that relationship wasn't going to work out. But at the same time, then we hear from the camp whose facility we've been renting. And they're like, well, so we've, we've expanded our own camp, which is awesome for us. But we don't have a, a week that we can rent out to you guys. And so it was all these things that we had gotten comfortable with and settled into that were, you know, kind of, um, defining what Camp Morley was. And all of a sudden they were all 
wrapping up and coming to a close. And I think, um, you know, I think internally, like Scott and Melissa and Stacy and I were actually kind of excited. Because I think we recognized, I mean, it was evident, the Lord's doing something different. The Lord's doing something new. But it was, it was a little bit nerve-wracking. You know, as somebody who, just, it's, it's hard to find a new facility to have a camp, because what if? Right? What if it doesn't work out? What if, you know, this and that? And is it the right fit for us? Um, as a person who does most of the games, you know, I want to I wanna have epic, awesome night games that our kids can play outside. But that's super hard to plan if you've never been to a place before. So like this camp, we had never been there at night. So we want to play outside at night, but what's it look like at night? How, you know, what are the fields like? So there's just all this unknown going into the year. And then I think, uh, I, I forget when it started. I forget if it started after Ken was unable to come or, or there was a point where we, we knew that some of our core students who had been going for a long time weren't going to be going this year. And even maybe last summer, this rumor kind of kicked up that camp was going to be really small this year. Ken's, Ken's not going back, so I just, you know, I don't know that I want to go. It's, it's not going to be the same. And that, that was kind of the thing that's, you know, started up and we were like, all right, well, let's, let's see how, how this thing unfolds. Y'all heard the testimonies, right? This is the largest group we've ever had, right? And I'd say, what did we talk about? 44%, we were making up numbers, had never been to camp before. And, you know, Melissa pointed out, you know, the group that we had today was really only a third of what we had at camp. So many of our people who came to camp aren't necessarily river lifers, you know, they came from other church or they found about us on the internet. And so they drive up from Wilmington, right? It's, it's awesome. It's such a cool, cool thing. But in the midst of that, you know, it, it's hard. Because I think at least personally for me, change is hard. I don't know if that registers with anybody else but doing something different to me causes stress. I like comfortable things and things that I know, and maybe more importantly, things that I can control. Right? Camp is none of that. So here's just me opening my heart to you guys. Next year, about March or April, please be praying for me. Because it's those months leading up to camp where I'm having this conversation with Christy where I'm like, I can't do this. This is my last year. I'm going to have a heart attack. I just, I don't have the grace for it anymore. Because my, you know, it's that, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? It's a new facility. Like what, you know, we're looking at the forecast and thunderstorms every day. And we're like, oh man, okay, so we'll play some game. We'll do it inside. It'll, you know, so there's this, that's just me. But I think, generally speaking, change is hard, right? I think it's hard to change up what you're doing. But the reality is, it's that that's part of our, that's part of our walk. That's part of the reality of what it means to be a follower of Christ, is we're not called to be stagnant. We're not called to sit in one place we're not called to stay the same. That's not the design. Oh, that's so hard to hear sometimes. 
Because I would love it if that was the opposite. Like, Corey, you are designed to just do that always. Yes! Yeah, I could sit in my comfort zone, and that would be amazing. But that's not really it. Um, change, change is hard. When we were um, praying for the youth last week, so if you weren't here, we called up the youth and the camp leaders, and during worship we prayed for them, and it was awesome. It was really, really great. I think this is a little bit of an aside, but I think a little bit the Lord was honoring the body functioning as it should. Like I think anytime we incorporate the full body into the picture and as a group, you know, when we get the little kids in here and the middle school group and the high school students participating in ministry and pursue the Lord like that, I mean, I think that's when heaven opens up. You know, I went out to pray for, and I ended up just saying something to Pamela you know, about her being sick. And she's like, I just don't want to be sick anymore. And it was like the Lord was showed up and it was just echoed. Like we could feel it in heaven that the Lord was echoing. Yes, you're not sick anymore. In the heavenly places, you're not sick anymore. But that's, that's never happened to me before. I've never had an experience like that. But I think the Lord was doing something corporately because we were pursuing him as a group. But anyway, I got this word for the Lord, uh, from the Lord about the youth that he was um, doing a course correction that camp was going to be a course correction. And it, the picture in my mind came was of typing, resetting your GPS. Y'all know how we rely on GPS? <laughs> right, that's not something visual that you can see necessarily. Like you just kind of dial it in and then your phone magically tells you what to do. Right, I love GPS. Angel, were you, did you chaperone that Outer Banks trip with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we and Hannah, Hannah was on that trip. This is like eight years ago or nine years ago or something. We went to the Outer Banks and I like printed out GPS sheets for everybody for like the whole way there and the whole way back because I still wasn't at a place in my heart where I trusted GPS on phones. <laughs> and so it was like handing people handouts. And then I was reminded of that on the way up to camp on Sunday riding with Scott that I had my phone out and I was like, okay, it's a ride. And then up here, we're going to turn a left and then no signal. And I was like, uh, okay, there's definitely a left-hand turn. There's a sign before it. We got by, and it was like, that's it. That's, that's the left-hand turn. You know, it totally wasn't ready for it. And I was like, if only I had my handouts. <laughs> we would have we gotten there on time. But I, I recognize that there's value in having guidance. Guidance on where you're going when things change. Right? And I think GPS is that thing to us in the natural but I think in the spiritual, like, that's really the Lord's hand on what we're doing. You know, some of us like change out of habit or some of us pursue change or force change. But when the Lord's not guiding change, it's just, it's not as fruitful as it's designed to be. Byron shared a couple months ago, and one of the things that he pointed out was that in the Bible, it says 250 times the phrase arise and go. It's an edict from the Lord 250 times in the Bible for somebody to stop what they're doing and get up and go do something different. Right? We're not designed to stay in one place and to be stagnant. We're designed in our nature to get up and go forward and to move on to something new and to grow and to change and to adapt. I think for the example of camp that we're kind of recapping this week, that that's so crucial for our young people because it's so easy for them to get wrapped up into 
the routine of, let's say, entertainment, for lack of a better word, right? We live in an age where entertainment exists always for you guys, right? They always have media to interact with because now they carry it in their pocket, you know, and they can do Facebook or they can watch a movie or they can do whatever. And so it's really easy for them to just be settled in that. So I think especially for youth, it's so important to get them out of their comfort zone and move them on to something new. That's why I think there's so much value in the camp experience because it removes them from their comfort zone. It puts them into a situation that's not necessarily natural for them. But it's also something that the Lord is driving. So the Lord is integral in it. And you heard the stories from Stacy, right? The Lord was passionate about what was going on in the hearts of those kids this week. And I really believe that's true for all of them that were there. I don't think that was true just for like Israel who had an encounter with an angel. I don't think that was true just for the people who would always come front, up front and worship or cry a ton. Right? I, I really personally believe, believe that that's true for everybody who was there. I think even the guys who had to go to the bathroom 15 times every message. You know, I, I think even for those guys, the Lord was doing something. That that change, that getting out of them out of their comfort zone and into something new, that the Lord's honoring that. And he's pouring into them. And they may not know it, but their course is being corrected. That's what I believe. In the spirit, I think that's what the Lord's doing. I had a dream a couple years ago at camp, where this is going to sound weird, just go with me, where as a camp staff, we brought a tattoo artist in. And he was working his way through the students, giving them tattoos. But in the spiritual, I knew that the Lord was imparting something permanent onto each of the kids. I explained that to the youth, and this one guy's like, well, actually, you can get tattoos removed with lasers. <laughs> I was like, thanks, thanks, buddy. You get the point there, right? That the Lord is doing something permanent on each and every one of these kids. And I just, you know, that was on my heart again this week, that that wasn't a specific message for that camp situation. I think that's camp in general. I think that when we can invite youth out of their comfort zone, maybe sometimes more than invite them, like we force them to go, strong arm them to go, whatever it takes. When we get them to agree in the end to come on this journey with us, that the Lord is doing something. Let me tell you one more thing about why I think that's important. I, I'm off my notes now. All right, I'm just going to roll with it. Um, Because they're going to have to change at some point. That's the nature of growing up. If we can equip them to adapt with the Lord, with what the Lord's doing, Lord, go with me on this journey to what's next, we are doing them a huge favor. Let me share a statistic with you. And this isn't meant to scare you. It's just the reality of the world that we live in. Um, When kids grow up in the church and then they leave home, the statistic is that 85% of them stop going to church. 85% of them leave the church when they grow up. Because they 
are changing and adapting and going on to what's next. Their, their course is changing, right? If that's college or work or just not being in underneath mom and dad's wings, whatever that what's next is for them, it's impactful. You know, or the cliche about, well, I'm going to go to college and find myself, right? You all heard that before? So one of my favorite theologians, his name is N.T. Wright. He used to be the Anglican bishop of Durham, England. So this Anglican bishop, and he's this great the- theologian. He has this awesome quote about, Jesus didn't die on a cross for you to go off and discover who you are. Like, he came to earth and died on a cross so that he could tell you who he made you to be. But outside of experience with Jesus... Outside of that relationship where, where this, and this might be the most important part to me, where identity is formed, who am I in Christ? And if I don't have that, if I don't know that, when I get to the world, I'm in trouble. But if I know who Jesus is, who I am in Jesus, because I had that relationship, I had that foundation, my GPS has been dialed in, I can do all things. I can handle the change. I can go into college classroom where a college professor tells me these things about Christianity and I can, you know, weather the storm because I know who I am in Jesus. But if I don't have an identity and somebody starts talking to me about how Christianity is stupid or I get off to college and I get a chance to discover who I am, I'm going to make up whatever I want. I'm going to make up whatever feels nice. That's why I feel like camp is so important. But for the rest of us, for the general population who aren't at a camp going age, the truths remain the same. It's change still is going to happen. You have to change. You have to adapt. That's, that's just the reality of the situation. What the Lord's going to do tomorrow is not the same thing as what the Lord's doing today. And too often we sit pat with what the Lord did yesterday because that's comfortable to us. And we don't embrace change because it's different and it's hard and it sometimes feels icky, right? And I know that. Man, I've, there's been times in the past, maybe it was a couple months ago, and I was like, I was really complaining about my job. And then somebody says, hey, I know of a job you should apply for. And I was like, what? You want me to apply for something new? You know, and the thought of doing something different and changing was like almost worse than staying in the job that I had. Because it's just, it's just hard. Different's hard. But, oh Lord, dial in my GPS. I want you to be the guide. I want you to set my course. I want to rely on you. You know, when we get this picture in the Bible of people who choose, who opt out of that specific portion of our relationship with Jesus. And we see how it ends. You know, we get this glimpse of Jonah who decides, you know, uh uh-uh, I'm not doing, I'm not changing the way that you want me to change, Lord. So I'm out of here. I'm going to change in a way that I want to change. And we know how that ends up, right? Or there's a story about King Saul. It's the moment when he loses favor with the Lord, when the he knows what the Lord has asked him to do. And he says, no, no, no. I need to do this in my way. I'm going to figure this out on my own. I don't need you to drive the boat or to steer the boat for me. 
So what Saul does is he actually like goes and finds uh, essentially a witch to conjure up a spirit to give him information about what he needs to do next. And the Lord's like, nope. Nope, that's not working for me. Right? And I think because he he lost favor with God, I think because he wasn't willing to do, he wasn't willing to go on that journey with the Lord. He was going to do it himself and he was going to put the power on his own self. And he wasn't going to rely on what the Lord was doing. He was going to drive the boat himself. He was going to have all of his pamphlets of GPS sheets sitting on his lap when he went forward. But we see when people do what the Lord asks, that there's honor in that and there's growth in that. And I think that's the place where we want to be moving forward. So I don't know how you all feel about change. Let me, let me say this too. I think that's applicable to everybody. I don't, I don't think there's a moment in our lives where we, we, where the Lord is fine with us settling. You know, we're singing about stirring up deep, deep wells. But are we really interested in stirring up deep, deep wells? And a lot of times we're not, right? But I, I, think, I think I'd like to invite you to stir up some wells this morning. I think I'd like you to invite you to step into something different. To see what the Lord has for you that might be what you weren't expecting or maybe not even what you wanted. But you know what? It's better than that. Because the plans that the Lord has for you are better than your plans for yourself. I don't know how many times in life I've been like, oh, this is what I want and this is what I need. And the Lord's like, "Uh uh-uh. And then he gave me something. I was like, Thank you, Lord, for not giving me what I asked for. Thank you for saying no in that situation. Because what you intended for me, the change and the discomfort was so worth it. Because what you were doing is so good. So if you're interested in changing, would you stand up with me? If you're willing, oh, amen, hallelujah, the Lord will honor that, I promise you. If you don't want to change, but are willing to say, Lord, I don't want to change, but I'm willing to change, the Lord will honor that today. I know that to be true because I know his heart for you. The Lord will honor that, I promise. So even if you don't want it, but are willing to say, fine, Lord, take me on your journey, take me on the journey that you're going to go, the Lord will honor that. So the Stacey's gonna play a song. Isn't she great? Before we pray while she's getting ready, let me just say I am deeply honored to get to serve in ministry with those who I get to serve in ministry with. Like the leaders that we have are just the best. The campers that we have are just the best. You know, the sense of family that because River Life has a passion for creating an environment of the father's living room and creating a family atmosphere, that's exactly what happens with the youth and the camp and the children's church and all of that. So guys, you've created that. We have that experience because what have you, you guys have done. I'm so thankful for that because camp is such a rewarding experience because we're family. You know, and it's not always easy, right? It's hard sometimes. That was an aside. Sorry. All right, well, I'm going to say, dear Lord, 
I'm willing to go on a journey with you. I'm willing to step out of where I am. And honestly, Lord, I accept that I'm not going to be here anyway, that you're going to move me. Things are going to change. They're going to adapt. So Lord, I'm saying I'm willing to go with you from this place. As you call me out of this place where I am, that I'm willing to go with you onto what's next. I may not love change. I may not love the idea of change, but oh, Jesus, I love the idea of you. And where you're at, Lord, I want to go. What you're doing, Lord, I want to be a part of because I can't survive any other way. So, Lord, take me with you. And I put myself in your hands, Lord, that I'm willing to go from this place as long as you're driving. I'm with you, Lord. Hallelujah.